So we've got to be quick today, Ashley Baxter. I'm okay with being quick. Because... <laughs> what are you laughing at? I don't know. Just, just no, I can't. I, no, I can't say that. Let's move on. Why have we to be quick? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm off to Ireland in a few hours for a wee break. Just a holiday, or or is there a conference or something? No, it's just a quick sort of long-ish weekend that turns into a week. Because it's Tuesday is Sue's birthday, and uh, it's our twenty-fifth wedding anniversary. Whoa! So, what's the significance of Ireland? Uh, because. We just wanted to go somewhere nice and I didn't want to fly anywhere because, you know, we haven't really got a lot of time because mm-hmm. we've got to be back down in the, in London for the net awards on Friday. Oh gosh. So we couldn't, I know that's come around quickly. So we couldn't go anywhere too far away and I've never been to Southern Ireland before. Well, I have, I've been to Dublin like for a day, but mm-hmm. I've never actually explored. So what's the agenda then? Is it, is it city getaway or countryside? It- countryside basically nice it's going to be lovely because it's the west of ireland sort of south of galway and it looks really beautiful lovely countryside well i hope you're taking your camera i'm going to i'm actually deciding whether to take both my cameras as in the dslr i think i might even drag the the cannon out yeah you hate that but if I'm going, because we're driving, I don't have to worry about putting it in a suitcase or, you know, hawking it in hand luggage. Yeah. It doesn't really matter because I can just throw it in the back of the car. So I might take that as well. Go for that. I haven't used that for such a long time. So that might be nice. And you've got the 50 mil. I've got the really fast 50 mil, which will be um, the 1.2. So. <gasps> <gasps> what? I know. Oh, I know. Swap, it sits please. in a drawer. It Let's sits swap. in a bloody drawer all the time. Well, you have to take it in that case. You'd get some really nice portraits with that. So I'm going to do lots and lots and lots of photography, although I've just been looking at the weather forecast and it's going to be rain for most of the week. Oh, well, that's what you get for going to Ireland in May. But although it says that there's either a 60 or a 70% chance of rain, I've been thinking of it, there's, there's maybe a 30 or 40% chance of sunshine. Glass half full type of guy, are you? I've been trying really hard, yeah. Good. I'm glad. Uh, so that's going to be nice. It is nice. And then when you get back, do you come back on Thursday? Uh, yeah, we get back really late on Thursday night. I think that sounds exciting. It sounds like a good week. So it should be good. And I've already looked up where the nearest swimming pool is to the hotel that we're staying in in Ireland. Wow, you've really made this a habit. Mm, I've been again this morning. Wow, is that a mile every day? Yes, except that yesterday I broke the mile and a half. Oh. And I managed to do 96 lengths in about 75 minutes. Did you feel significantly more tired after doing an extra half a mile? The last 20 laps were actually quite hard, but I do think, because I only had 32 more to go and I would have done two miles. So I know that I can do the two miles. Yep, and are you just going to keep building it up? Yep, that's my goal. And how's the contest going? I know contest is the wrong word, but how's the weight loss goal going with Paul? Well, I don't know how he's doing because he posts so rarely. But every time I see him tweeting about something, it's usually about eating. So I don't know how <laughs> I don't know how he's doing. I've reached a bit of a plateau. I've got to thirteen stone nine now 
which is, what is that? That's five. That's nine pounds loss since I've started. So nine pound loss in six weeks. Great. But I seemed for the last couple of weeks, I've stayed at the same weight. And I think it's because I'm bulking up on muscle now. Oh yeah, definitely. Because it weighs more than fat. I am constantly stiff. Like my arms and my shoulders and my back are stiff because I'm using the muscles for the first time in in a very long time. Well, good on you. I hope I hope some people take note of this and feel inspired to do the same. A mile a day is doable, isn't it? Mm, yeah, it's fine. And, you know, I look at the other old folk that go to the swimming pool at that time in the morning and I think, God, if you can do it, then I can do it. Yeah, I remember doing the 10K and I might have said this to you already. I think I did about the granny in front of me the whole time with her bum bag. She was amazing. And I was 20, 25 and lagging behind a granny. Well, I here's something I've not told anybody, but I'm about to tell you. I actually even looked online the other day about triathlons. Oh, wow. Because I was thinking, it's only a half a mile swim in a triathlon. Mm-hmm. And I can do that easily. Mm-hmm. And then the... The running part is the bit that always gets me because I don't do running that much. In fact, I don't do at all. How long is the running portion? Three miles. And I know I've got, we've got a course. There's a lake called Kravnant, which is around here. Um, and it has a really nice sort of flat path that goes all the way around it. And I know that that's three miles and I can walk around that in 40 minutes. Yeah. So I'm thinking oh, I could do the running bit as well if I put my mind to it. Absolutely. Push yourself. So, God, I'm turning into a, like, fitness junkie. You're turning into an athlete. (laughs) Yeah, but more like the sort of Saturday afternoon wrestler type athlete rather than the (laughs) Mo Farah type athlete. (laughs) Maybe one day. No, do you know, it's not going to happen. Why? (laughs) Because I'm generally too lazy. Well, I've always been too lazy in the past. Hmm. Did you hear last week's show with Dan Davis? No, not yet. I've had a very busy week, but I will listen to it. I did hear. We were thinking about organising a photography weekend over in Anglesey. Why why there? That's in Wales, right? Yes, that's in Wales. Is that where Dan is from as well? No, but we only live an hour away from it. And we know people that live there. So would I have seen pictures of this on your Instagram before? Because you go on all of these trips. Yes, most of my landscapes for like the last year have all been from Anglesey. Okay, cool. So are you doing this? So this is what I was thinking. I was going to ask you, I might have to sort of hit you up for some tips. Because what we were thinking of doing, what I was thinking of doing, was maybe doing it over a weekend. Because there's there's loads of nice places to go in North Wales. I was thinking you could have a day kind of on some of the mountains. And then you could have the next day actually out on Anglesey with the coast and some of the beautiful bays. That could be really good. And just seeing whether people want to turn up to a, I don't know, what you do, just arrange a venue to meet people and then take it from there. Where would people sleep? Can you can you turn it into a camping thing? Can it be a camping trip? No. I, there's no reason why not. Okay. I, except that I've never done any camping. Really? Actually, I did do camping once when I was about 15. And did you wake up with a pancake in your hair like I once did when I went camping? A cow pancake? No, like just literally <laughs> a really tasty pancake. No, tell me more. How does this happen? It just, that's what happens when you go camping because you just end up sleeping anywhere 
and then you wake up and look at what you fell asleep on, and sometimes it's a pancake. I've always been quite envious of people that can just do camping because I'm thinking that makes going to festivals possible, and I haven't ever done that. Either. I've never, I've never been to a festival, and it doesn't appeal to me. I don't enjoy camping actually. It was when I was younger, and I was a bit, I didn't really care where I slept. Whereas now I like my home comforts. That's why I've never been to a festival. That's my idea of a nightmare. I suppose people could camp if they wanted to, because there's loads of places to camp up here. Or there's also like loads of B&Bs. So we could do it that way. We could just make it a weekend. Yeah, it depends if you're targeting people. Is this going to be a big event that people tra- want to travel a few hours to? Or is it just a local get-together? No, I think it would be the sort of thing that we'd want people to come to. I mean, obviously there are people in the local area. Um, and there's even people in the local area that I know off Instagram that will probably be, you know, wanting to come. But it's such a beautiful place and nobody ever comes here. Well, I think it's a great idea then. And uh, would you would you charge for it? No, I don't think so. Because but... I don't know what the overheads would be. I don't know what the reason to charge would be. Hmm... We but, wouldn't have any overheads. Well, kind of, because wouldn't you have to plan a route and a kind of loose schedule to follow? Yes. Which takes time. Yeah, but I wouldn't be interested in making any money out of it or even covering the cost of doing that. It would just be something that I would do for myself. Okay, well, I will I will keep my eyes peeled for this because it does sound fun. It's such a fantastic place. I mean, I know that you've got, You've got the locks, you know, not too far away from you. So you can just go out and, you know, you're, you're into some amazing countryside. But I also think that, and I don't know if it's the same for you in Wales, but in Scotland, I think we have very boring light for landscapes. It's, you know, we have quite washed out grey skies. Yeah, no, it's the same often. Mm. So what I'm, only thing I'm worried about with the weather for next week, I don't mind it raining, but I'd... You know, I'd like there to be some good light, especially in the mornings. Yeah, you should get one good day, surely. Surely. Let's see. But I'll be getting up at six every morning and driving 20 miles to this swimming pool. No, so you on the way, won't. On the way back. No, that's what I'm going to do. 20 miles to a swimming pool. Yeah, it's a, well, it's a 17-minute drive, according to Google Maps. Can you not just go in the sea? <laughs> Yeah, that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I went to uh, see a client this week that's down in Oxfordshire, and I was going to go to the, the, the local regular swimming baths that night. Uh, and this guy, the client that I was working with, he suggested, he said, oh, no, come to come to my club, because he, he goes to a like, sports club. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it turns out that he's not he wasn't able to take me, so I just sort of went on my own. Um, and, and that was brave. Me- no, no, it gave me a free trial, and uh, and it was only a short pool. It was only like a 20-metre pool. But it was quite funny. I just walked in. I thought I could be anybody. I could pretend to be anybody. Yeah, uh, and just get in for free. I I thought that I could just put on an accent. I could do like a oh, Russian accent. that's what you mean. That's weird. You're weird. Good. I'd like to do that. Why would you want to do that? Do you never do that thing where when you go to pay for petrol in a strange petrol station, you put on another voice? Andy, nobody does that. I do that. Nobody other than you does that. I like to, I could imagine going into the swimming pool and saying something like, I've gone for your women. <laughs> There's no swimming in, in a kind of a really bad Russian accent. 
How do you think of these things? Do you not do this? There's a game that I sometimes play. Alex and I played it and other people played it. It's where if you get into a lift with just one other person and you know, there's two of you, so there's like you and me mm-hmm. and we get into a lift and there's one other person in there. Then, then the game is on. And what we have to do is we have to have a conversation between you and me, but we have to make it really uncomfortable for the other person that's in the lift. I think you've told me about this actually, but can you give me a real world example of you doing this? Yeah, we did this. I think it was Kevin Tamara. We were in a lift in I don't know, somewhere in America and we got in and then Kevin said, so how is it? And I went, oh, it's still really itchy. And he went, did the, did the doctor not give you anything for it? And well, he gave me some sort of, you know, some cream, but I, it just doesn't take it. I mean, it's, it's itching right now. And you just, <laughs> I can oh, see the, <laughs> can see the person that was in the lift sort of like, couldn't wait to get out. He was probably getting out on the 30th floor, but he'd like, ah, oh, I'm just going to get out on level three. Get, yeah. get me out of here. I don't know what I'd do if I overheard a really uncomfortable conversation in an elevator. I'd probably stick around just to see where it goes. I just think it's fun. I like to go into petrol stations and when I pay and the lady says that'll be £50.20 or something, because, wow, man, petrol's expensive. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll just go, thank you very much, in a silly voice. And do they just look at you like you're a weirdo? Well, how would they know that it's a silly voice? They might think it's my normal voice. Because you look English. You think? I don't know. I just like to play silly games. Let's do a sponsor. Let's do the first sponsor today, which is Ghost Lab from Vananco. So if you're a designer or a developer who makes responsive websites, and you know, I suppose everybody is these days, you're going to really like our next sponsor because it's Ghost Lab. Synchronized cross-browser and mobile testing that's taken to the next level. So here's the problem. You're designing or you're developing a site and you need to test it across multiple browsers and especially lots of different devices like smartphones and tablets. So you could set up a local development server or maybe you could FTP to an external server, but no one wants to do that. Then you've got to keep every device in sync while you test. You've got to move around a site using navigation. You've got to fill in forms. You need like three pairs of hands, but that's where Ghost Lab comes in because it synchronizes everything across different browsers and devices. So as you do something in one browser or on one device, it happens across all the others instantly. It's like magic. So you click a link on desktop browser, and at the same time, it gets pressed on the smartphone. If you type into a form input on a tablet, then it gets filled in across every other browser or a device that's connected to Ghost Lab. It's really simple. Here's how it works. You just install Ghost Lab on your Mac, or your PC, and then you drag any HTML site into the Ghost Lab window, and that's it. Ghost Lab does everything else for you. And then from there, you can open up your site in any installed browser, or you can point any device that's on the same network to the IP address that Ghost Lab gives you. And that's the good part, because with Ghost Lab, there's not an app that you have to install on all the devices. It just uses the browser. And then Ghost Lab keeps a watch on your projects, and it pushes any changes that you make to any connected browser or device. And that makes designing with code really simple. And Ghost Lab's not a subscription service. You don't have to pay monthly for the software. I hate that. You can just buy it. A Ghost Lab costs £33 per user, and then you can install it on two computers. And you've got volume discounts available too. 
So go to unfinished.bz slash ghostlab and get yourself ghostlab. Ghostlab sounds clever. It's very clever. So speaking of photography then for a minute, as we do, have you seen or heard of Birdie Conference? Birdie as in like a bird? What? Yeah, like watch the birdie. Oh, no, I haven't. I can't remember who I was talking to now, but it was a few weeks ago. And we were talking about whether or not other, you know, other industries have conferences like we do. You know, whether you get illustrator conferences. Of course. Whether you get, well, I don't think you do. I don't, well, actually, I think Josh is going to an illustrator's conference. Or, you know, photographers. Mm -hmm. And then somebody sent me a tweet about this birdie conference. I want to Google it. Yeah, no, it's, um, whenever it's birdie conf, B-I-R-D-I-E. Mm -hmm. So bird, I-E, conf. Oh, yeah. One day photography conference. London. It's in Hoxton Square on the 13th of September. And I'm, I'm going to buy a ticket. Ah, there's Mr. Rubin. I know. He's got that. He's using that headshot again. The one that you love. It's the one that makes every man jealous. I don't, I mean, not that I actually, I don't tend to, oh wait, I know who Connor is as well. I didn't know anybody except Dan. Um, that should be a lot of fun. Are you definitely going? Have you got your ticket? No, I haven't got a ticket yet, but I was wondering if anybody else was going to go before I book it. It's on a Saturday. Yeah, I've noticed that a few more conferences happening on a Saturday. It's an interesting decision. Because I'd imagine if you're a photographer, you obviously work for yourself. So it doesn't really matter what day the conference is on, does it? No. And I imagine that there's lots of people like you and me that are, you know, enthusiasts about photography. Or, you know, I know you're semi-pro now, but, you know, enthusiastic semi-pro. about it. Yeah. Um, we, you know, we're doing day jobs and then we want to go and look at, learn this on the weekend. Yeah. And they, they seem to have quite a good mix there as well. A music photographer, a film photographer, astro photographer. Could be interesting. Is that stars? Yeah. Like galaxies? Yeah. I wondered if... Hold, hold on a second. Um, actually, no, because that'll just take up too much time. What? And I just wanted to see if Connor was who I thought he was. Is he? I don't know, because I think it will take up too much time, even though oh. I could have done it by the time that we had this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's, it, that's going to be good. I think I'm going to go. If anybody wants to come down and join me, that'd be great. Because it's in a nice part of London too. Oh wait, is Dan organising it? No, I don't think so. But he's he seems to be doing all of the welcoming and the closing. And I don't okay. think he's organising it, but I imagine he's Mister Photography now, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So I thought he was speaking. I think he is as well. I don't think he is. Look at the programme. Oh, I'll have another look another time. Okay. But yes, BirdieConf, B-I-R-D-I-E conf.com. They're not sponsoring the show, but it looks really good, and I think I'm going to go. I might go too, but not with you. Of course not. <coughs> anyway. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. I've decided that I must be a miserable old bastard. Well, yes. 
because I was going through all of my favorite photos the other day because I was doing this client project and they needed to have some really, yeah, they needed to have some decent photos in the templates that I'm making. So I thought, well, rather than steal yours, which I often do, and put them into comps, I thought, just use your own. So I was going through and I thought my favorite photos are the ones that don't have people in them. And I oh. looked at all of the photos that I've taken and saved in my iPhoto for the, like the last two or three years. And apart from the odd picture of Sue and Alex, none of them got people in them. So it's landscape stuff or yeah. objects. No, mainly landscapes and architecture. But I'll do that thing where, you know, if I find a really nice location, then I'll wait until there's no people in it before I shoot the shot. But people, I just think people make a photo so much more interesting. And I think we've had this conversation before about my preference being portrait and how you prefer landscape. I'm sure we've talked about that before. But why do you think that not having people in your photo makes you... What was it you said? An old miserable bastard. <laughs> miserable old bastard. Well, because I don't know. Is it because I don't like people? Do you not like people? I'm not a big fan a lot of the time. Do you like dogs? I oh, like no, some dogs. Oh, okay. If you don't like dogs, then you're definitely a miserable old bastard. <laughs> you do a lot of street portraits. So yeah. Do, are people generally miserable or is it just me? Yes. They are so miserable. So I got contracted to do a lot of street photography, a lot of candid photography for a client. I had to go out every other day. And it was really challenging because not only did I have to do street photography and capture, you know, complete strangers when they were smiling or engaging in conversation, but I then had to go and interrupt them and ask them to sign a model release form. Oh, because these pictures were going to be used somewhere. Yeah, they were going to be used in a big marketing campaign in Glasgow, like massive billboards and subway posters. So you can imagine that when I went up and said to people, by the way, I've just taken a photo of you. And, you know, can you sign a model release form? It's going to get blown up into a massive billboard, maybe. A lot of them would say, off. (laughs) (laughs) But I've realized that after doing this assignment, we all had to kind of think about a better way of doing it. So they started sending me to particular events where they knew people would be livelier and happier. For example, I went to sporting events to photograph people celebrating their team winning. Or I went to the theatre to photograph people, you know, caught up in a performance. Um, And everybody still looked miserable. So it's made me realize that how we feel on the inside, I think we all need to express it a bit more on the outside. We have to remember to just let loose and smile and laugh. And it's just something that I've realized from so many of the photos I've taken, they were unusable because people don't smile. They just look grumpy. They look so grumpy, even when their team's winning and scoring goals or whatever it's called or when there's a really beautiful performance that they're caught up in at the theatre, we all just have that default miserable face on us. But if you walk around Glasgow city centre with a great big beaming smile on your face, that's going to look weird. If you're by yourself, sure. 
Oh, okay. So if you're laughing and joking with friends, I suppose that's one thing. But nobody walks around with a big beam on their face, do they? I guess no. And no, that would be unreasonable to expect people to walk around smiling all the time because you're right, they would look like fannies. But <laughs> wait, was that a Scottish word? No. No, I think fannies oh. just. Yeah, I think it has different meanings in different places. Oh, I thought I'd got my Scottish slang word. Anyway. No, we're going to come to that. Um, so, yeah, but but even when you were photographing, like, a mother and daughter shopping together or two friends who just left a, a cocktail place, everybody still looks miserable. And, and it was a really difficult assignment to not only get people who looked happy that a photo that we could use, but to then approach them and have them sign a model release form it was kind of like it was putting myself out there every Mm. single day it was kind of like walking up to an attractive man in a bar and asking him if he'd give you your number when they said no it felt like rejection it was it was a difficult job but I'm glad that I did it because it made me a lot more confident you know to just approach complete strangers in the street multiple times a day over and over and over and actually I know I said a lot of folks said off but actually there are a lot of polite people out there who are pretty chuffed that you've taken a photo of them to be honest did they want to see the shot well funnily enough it was always the the guys never cared men never cared they were just like yeah whatever i'll sign this but the women always wanted to see what they looked like to zoom right in really scrutinize themselves and a lot of the women would say no that I wasn't allowed to use their photos. So there was definitely a divide there, gender-wise. Interesting. Yeah, this do, you, whole... do you think it's something that you would try? Going up to people randomly in the street? Yeah, street photography. Oh, um... I, I've never given it a lot of thought, really. I, I don't know. It doesn't um, excite you. I'd like to do portraiture. I mean, years and years ago, you know, when I was working in that photography game, Mm-hmm. You know, I did know some incredibly good portrait photographers. And I look back at, um, I don't know whether you saw David Bailey's portrait of the Queen that was on the TV uh, last week or the week before. No. Um, I mean, Bailey's still going and he, you know, he's obviously, you know, he's now respectable enough to be able to invite it to photograph the Queen because, you course. know, everybody does. Um and I, you know, I really like seeing that. And I look, I like looking back at things like Terry O'Neill's portraits because I love that kind of thing. So I'd like to shoot portraits, but I don't know whether I would want to do them in a kind of a candid environment. I always really like Rick Nunn's portraits. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does really good off-camera flash stuff. Um, and it was his street photography stuff as well that made me try street photography. You I don't did know. A- you did a fabulous set of portraits of Naomi Atkinson, though. Was it last week? Oh, yeah, but I only shared, was it one or two I shared? One or two. Yeah, I've got lots more. They to, were fabulous. But she's so easy to photograph. Well, she is pretty. And that was in her new shop as well, which is Who's It and What's It? Um coming this summer so yeah it was really interesting to get her into that location and take a photograph before the shop has been renovated before it's been dressed up before it looks pretty it's kind of like a nice portrait of her at the beginning of her who's it and what's it journey did you like that i couldn't see from the instagram photo that i saw but did did you like that or was it all natural light it's all natural which 
like 99.99999% of my stuff is. It was just natural light. It was a really well-lit building, though. Do you um, ever use reflectors? Well, no, but the last Glasgow photo walk I did, which was, was it last weekend? Um, or the weekend before Saturday, I did a Take Better Portraits workshop. And I'd never used a reflector before, but one of the, the the attendees brought his and it actually worked out quite well because it turned out to be a really harsh day sunlight-wise. We had this really this really striking sun, which doesn't really happen in Scotland. Um, and it was actually very difficult to take a portrait. So I was happy that he brought his reflector along and it kind of softened the shadows and evened out the light a bit. But it's just a bit too, what's the word, faffy? Is that a word? Yeah, it's like, a word, but yeah, I don't like, understand why. Well, because you've got to get somebody to hold it, you've got to direct them where to move and then direct the model. It was just, I'm really simple when it comes to my shots. Maybe, like, to a fault, like, maybe I'm a bit too boring. I don't like to try. Well, years things. ago, and they probably still, they're probably still around and they probably still make them, but there used to be a company called Lasterlite. I've and, heard of that. And they specialised in reflectors. And you can get a, a wee, you know, fold-up reflector. So it, it folds down into like a little pouch that, you know, you can just put in your camera bag. But when you expand it out, it's like a metre wide. It's like a big circular reflector. Yeah. And you can get like a little fold-up stand for that. So... Oh, so I, it, it, you don't need to have an assistant there no, to... you can just... Yeah, I mean, there's like a little, you know tiny little lightweight stand that you can just prop this thing up on. And, well, that's um, really handy. Yeah. So maybe, that would work. Yeah, maybe I'll, I'll look into that then. Um, I should really start trying new things, and I say this all the time, but I should really start messing around with off-camera flash as well. But instead I'm just like, I love my natural light. No, I love natural light, that. but you need, to, you need to fill in sometimes. Yeah, you do. Have you ever seen... Um, What's his name? Dustin Curtis. Is that his name? No, that's um he's a designer, isn't he? Yes. Right, what is his name? I'm sure Dustin Dustin Diaz. Oh, gosh, I've not heard that name for years and years and years. Yeah, because I don't think he's as active, certainly not with his photography anymore. No, he the thing that I remember him being more well known for, in fact I I featured this in Transcending CSS, was that he started css naked day what is that well it was back in the day when everybody was concerned about um you know semantic html and you know the whole web standards thing was was kicking off he had this idea that one day every year you should turn off the style sheet on your website just to expose the html um, you know, and, and, and show how nice and clean and semantic and well-ordered it was. I remember that. CSS Naked Day. Yeah, Dustin Diaz was behind that. In fact, the other thing was, oh, God, I think it was Jeremy Keith. That there was a developer in um, in Australia. There is a developer in Australia. He's called Cameron Adams. Mm-hmm. And uh, The Man in Blue was his website, probably still is his website. And Jeremy Keith took a picture of... Cameron Adams and Dustin Diaz with their shirts off at South by Southwest and put it up on Flickr under the, I think the title was Naked Cameron Diaz. Just wow. to see how many <laughs> yeah. hits he was going to get. How did that pan out? Uh, I think he's used it fairly extensively. I think it got, yeah. 
um, but yeah, he does, Dustin Diaz, I think he was, he, he just does such amazing off camera flash stuff. I have his book. Um, but I he has just, a book? He has a book. Yeah. I never knew that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. Something just like the strobist setup guide or that could be completely wrong, by the way. Um, and it was all his behind the scenes photos of what he, how he achieves looks, look, the lighting on his certain photos. Um, but I just can't ever seem to emulate him. But then again, I don't practice enough and that's, that's the issue. But nowadays he just, he's kind of fallen off the, the scene a bit and now just really takes a lot of pictures of his girlfriend in her underwear, which is fine because she's very beautiful. But that's, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get this book. It doesn't have pictures of his girlfriend in the book, Andy. No, I'm not just going to get it for that. <laughs> no, well, I'll, I'll, um, I'll g- give you mine then, and you can borrow mine if you want. Okay, that'll be good. I'll post it to you. I shall. No, we'll just wait until we meet. I shall swap it. Okay. With, um, I've got. I found it when I was doing a bit of a clear out. I've got an amazing book of pictures of Marilyn Monroe. Oh, wow. And there's some, you know, studio portraits and there's a lot of candid portraits and there's a lot of her before she got famous, you know, the whole kind of Norma Jean era. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you really like it. Well, let's do a swap then. Definitely. It's a shame you don't go to the Net Awards on Friday. I know, right? I didn't get invited. Let's not go down that road. <laughs> I don't mind though. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know when I'll next see you then. No, we'll figure it out. Uh Uh-huh. So before we do our next sponsor, Mm -hmm. I want to give you time to think of what you're going to make Ashley Baxter's Scottish slang word of the week. Okay. Um, Do I do that now? Do I say it now? No, no, you can have a think while I talk about about logical. Okay, go. Because our first sponsor, no, it's not our first sponsor. I'm rubbish at podcasting. Our second sponsor this week is Logical Elements, and they provide training for web designers and developers across a whole range of technologies. In fact, they've been writing and delivering training courses since before the web, about 25 years. God, that's as long as I've been married on Tuesday. Can you believe that? Are you talking to me or are you still doing your sponsor? Well, I'm kind of breaking off, really. Okay, we'll get back to it. Great train robbers got less. Today... (laughs) They want to talk, they want me to talk about their new PHP for web designers training course that's happening on the 23rd of June this year. And on this course, you're going to learn some core server-side scripting concepts, how PHP works and how to incorporate it into web pages. You're going to learn useful PHP functions and simple content and markup management with PHP. Then there's incorporating data and content from other applications. And then PHP in CMS applications like Expression Engine and in Perch. And there'll be plenty of tricks and tips and gotchas along the way too. And this course is really going to benefit web designers, especially those of us who work with PHP-based CMS systems and applications. And you'll come away from the course with a much greater understanding of PHP. And then you'll get access to a base camp that contains all the documentation, examples, there's even screencasts, plus There's post-course follow-up if you need that too. So PHP for Web Designers is happening at the Bristol and Bath Science Park. Obviously in Bristol or Bath. Anyway, it's a science park. 
Attendance is limited just to eight places to make sure that everyone gets plenty of hands-on experience and one-to-one time. And the tickets cost £295, but listeners to the show can get 100, yes, £100 off when you use the offer code unfinished at the checkout. Plus, you'll get a 20% discount on any other course if you book them before the end of May. So go to unfinished.bz slash logical to find out more and book your place on PHP for web designers. There, nobody will notice the screw up there. What was the screw up? I got the whole beginning part wrong. Oh, it wasn't, wasn't a big deal, was it? Nobody's going to notice. Uh-uh. Nobody's listening. So what's it going to be? Boggin. Boggin. Is that a Scottish word? I think it is. That's boggin. I remember a Scottish girlfriend that I had a long, long, long time ago. She said boggin quite a lot. It's a good word. She used to say, my armpits are boggin. <laughs> did she really? She did, yeah. Except she didn't use, she didn't say armpits. She said the Scottish word for armpits. Oh, I, but I don't even, I forget that word. Oxters. Oxters. My oxters are boggin. Is that, <laughs> is that why you dumped her? <laughs> no, she dumped me back in the day. I was devastated. Oh, but, but where her oxters? No, her oxes were her oxes were golden. That's what they were. <laughs> this is a funny conversation. So we've had oh that's good then. So yeah. All actually all of your Scottish words of the week so far have been um have been Derogatory? Derogatory, that's the yeah. word I wasn't looking for. Yeah, so you know, Munter and Bampot we've had. Munter, Bampot, Boggin. Boggin. They're the fun ones. Can we say Bobag on this show? Oh yeah. Or fanny ball bag. Have you ever heard an English person say ball bag and they no. go ball bag? That's not how you say it. No, it's not. It's not it's... a ball bag. It's ball bag. Fanny ball bag. We 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 we're professionals. We shouldn't be saying this stuff. <laughs> Minga, that's an old favourite. <laughs> oh yeah, is that is that a Scottish one? I think that counts as a Scottish word too. Wow, go Scotland. We have good words. Have the best words. Mm-hmm. Your bam pot. <laughs> right. <laughs> I still really, I still stand behind what I said about the episode that we did with bam pot. It had the best ending ever. <laughs> You'll never top that. <laughs> I still like the one where we did, where the Skype kept crapping out. <laughs> I, I think really... yours topped mine. Really? Yeah. Let's see what happens on this one. Okay. So you have literally just driven back from the Dot York conference in York. I have. I, I left super early for you so that I could be on here. Um, I didn't go out and party last night too much. So I hope you appreciate that, Andy. I do appreciate it. I do. Although I, I appreciate being here. So I'll, I shall be eternally grateful for everything that you do for me. Great. But yes, just back from Dot York, where How I was spoke. the conference? Um, the conference itself, I think it's really difficult to truly enjoy a conference when you're speaking at it. Or maybe that's just me, because you you can't quite relax. But uh, Jonic and Rick took amazing care of us. They put on a great conference. I think they had a really good lineup of speakers. I think they had a very interesting theme. The whole conference was was themed around Leap of Faith. 
So it wasn't a technical con, um, I was about to say concert. It wasn't a technical conference. It was more stories and people's experiences and with some practical tips. Um, so it was, it was great. And, and everybody I met was lovely. So A plus. Excellent. So who was there? Uh, Harry Roberts was there. He was yes, speaking. I really enjoyed Harry's talk. Harry was there. What did he talk about? Um, basically his, he, it was quite interesting because both him and Rachel Shellcock spoke about going freelance, but they both had completely different talks. Rachel was, was, I think Rachel was, was, um, she wasn't encouraging people to go freelance, but she was basically saying, she was talking about fear and, and, you know, we, we shouldn't let it hold us back. Whereas Harry was talking about how he waited so long and it was a very calculated decision that he made to go freelance and uh, he basically went through his work history and what he's learned from it, what he's taken away from it. And I think he's quite interesting because he's so young as well and he's accomplished so much, but he's he's a really smart guy and he, he knows what he's doing. He's thought about everything when he's worked for Sky and he's worked for agencies. He's had quite a broad experience. Um, so they two spoke about going freelance. Um, Craig, what's Craig's surname again? Lockwood. Lockwood, yeah. I just love Craig. He's this little Welsh man, like from a farm. Mm, but I think he even has animals. He has sheep and they're going to be at his wedding. So he's really interesting. And he, what I took away from his talk was it really inspired me to actually write a bit more because he's done, it's funny, he's done two blog posts which have actually evolved into fully fledged businesses. Like that's crazy that you can just publish your idea on your blog and somebody gets in touch with you and says, I will give you money to make this happen. That's what's happened with Craig. So he wow. kind of spoke about that. Yeah. Um, James, what's James surname? Young, is it? James, James? I loved his talk. Um, and he, it, it was unfortunate because he was on right before me. So I was a bit tense and nervous, but really enjoyed his talk. Um, you know him, he's running his, his side project, Cutting knives. Edge Knives, yeah, mm. and gave a really practical talk about building this this side project on the side of his main business, so that was really interesting. Actually, I need to get back to him. James, if you listen, I haven't forgotten about what I said that I would do for you. Um, he gave me a beautiful knife, oh. um, sort of um, in exchange for thinking maybe how we can sort of broaden the you know, the, the user experience, et cetera, on, on yeah. the website. Um, and I haven't done that yet, so apologies, but I will, I will do that. But I'll have you on. used the knife yet? No, it's such a beautiful thing that I don't want to, you know, I don't want to cut tomatoes with it. Yeah. So at the moment, it's actually just sort of sitting in the dining room on the table in resplendent in all its glory. Um, and people come in and they comment on it and they go, wow, that's wonderful. They pick it up and hopefully don't cut themselves. What colour is it? Because he's got fancy blue ones and stuff. Mm, it's a fancy blue one. Oh, it's a fancy blue one. Um, and lastly, Laura, who you're very familiar with. Not over familiar, I'll have you know. Of course not. That's not what I meant. <laughs> um, but they had this lightning talk as well from a guy who I have never met. I don't know who he is. His name's Stuart Golden, I think. That's how you say his surname. And he talked about unloved industries, which obviously really... Um, 
resonated with me because I feel that I work in an unloved industry. I work in insurance and it's full of bad design, full of rubbish technology. So really enjoyed his talk. And it was a good day. It was a shame that you couldn't make it. It was a big shame. But the big news that came out of that conference, the big news, the drum roll news. I'm going to do a drum roll. Go on, because you, you actually are a drummer, so you're qualified to do that. Can you hear it? No? Yeah, no, I can hear it. Oh, okay, well, that was it. The big news is that you launched your new business at the conference. I did, but, I mean, I, I, don't, I didn't just stand up and say, hey, guys, here's my new business. No, well, actually, before we get to that, then, how did the talk go? Well, the talk went down really well because I basically, I stood up and I talked about how my business, Brokers Direct, hasn't been doing well. And over the years, it's been declining and I've tried a lot of things to to try and save it. And I gave quite a frank and honest talk about kind of facing up to this failure um, but most importantly, taking a lot of positive things away from it. You know, Brokers Direct, through Brokers Direct, I've learned how to program, which is amazing. And I've become a public speaker and um, have been able to to engage with an audience that I otherwise wouldn't have been able to. And it's I've taken a lot of skills and knowledge away from it. So it's not been a waste of time at all. And I think a lot of people, when they experience failure, tend to think, well, that was a waste of time, all for nothing, great. So I've taken a lot of good things away from this and all of the good things that I have taken away from it, I'm putting into my new business, which is what I launched. So that's how the talk went, Good, basically. Um, and it resonated with a lot of people in the audience because I think it was a big business crowd, like a lot of people who run their own design agencies. Mm. So people who have been there themselves, you put a lot of effort and work and time into something and it hasn't quite panned out the way that you want it to. I had a lot of people say that they, you know, they've been there, so they really appreciated the talk. Um, but yeah, I've launched my new business. I'm, I'm, I'm not very good at selling landlords insurance because I'm not a landlord. I don't socialize with landlords. I don't really get the market. So now I'm moving into business insurance. For I'm going to target the kind of web professionals, creative crowd. So my new company, I named it after my dad, of course, because he's the whole reason that I got into insurance in the first place. And it's called Insurance by Jack. I and was you, wondering who Jack was. Yeah, it just made sense to me. I tried to think of lots of ways that I can involve him in my new business. And I was going through, I had this notepad of names, things that reminded me, thing, like things that reminded me of my dad and it was really ridiculous things like Tomb Raider because we played, played Tomb Raider together a lot and like the names of places we've lived and stuff and nothing worked so I thought I'm just going to go for the really literal insurance by Jack so yeah I'm still involving him in my insurance journey um, launched a lot of people have really commented on how great the website looks which it does I'm really happy with it it was as simple as Milk Boys that made it yeah, I know those guys. Who did the illustration, though? Well, Glenn, Glenn Noble, I think his name is, um, who works with Simple as Milk. So he's, um, yeah, he was responsible for the illustrations. They're such a, a talented team. But, Andy, we have a problem. Uh-oh. I, I mean, I wasn't expecting everything to go really smoothly. Nothing ever does with business, does it? At least not in my experience. <laughs> um, I've, I've, 
I've partnered up. I mean, my job is the same as what I was doing with Brokers Direct. I'm a broker. So I've, I've, I'm, I've partnered up with this new company and I've chosen them for very specific reasons. Their vision in the insurance industry is very much aligned with mine. They care about their customers. They care about technology. Um, but is this lot, simply business? Yes. But a lot of people have, have kind of kicked up a bit of fuss that they think that, um, they're not happy with my quote system taking them to, well, they're not happy with the quote system being not in line with the insurance by Jack branding. And it's a bit of a chicken and egg problem right now because simply business have said to me, um, you know, the more business you bring us, of course, the more time and attention and customization we'll, we'll give you. But I can't, I'm, I'm worried that I'm going to have problems bringing in that business if people are going to kick up a fuss about the quote system not being part of the insurance by Jack brand. Do you know what I mean? No, I do know what you mean. And in fact, it was funny. Um, I sort of, when, when I saw the tweets about your talk and launching the business, I just sort of squealed in the office. Great. And yeah, not in a girly way. <laughs> I'm sure. In a kind of deep manly way. Which sounds like what? Ooh. Oh, okay. I'll go with that. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> so the Sues mm-hmm. both looked up the, the site and really liked the branding and they said, you know, that's sweet. And they clicked on the get a quote button mm-hmm. and then it was like, oh, but then it takes us somewhere yeah. else. And it was within a minute that was what both of them said. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to get around this right now. Um, I think that to begin with, I really just need a core group of people to support me so that I can get my business off the ground. And, I, and I'm lucky that I have that um, Harry Roberts, who's a con, you know he's a con, was it a consultant front end architect. He's going to to go with me. Naomi, who's going to be a big client with her business. Um, I've got I've got a bunch of friends lined up, but I need this core group of people to help me get the business going. Because once I do start getting real life customers through, then obviously I will be able to be able to better tailor the experience for insurance by Jack. I wonder but, whether it would hurt or help to have one page that went or one modal or something that went between the two pages, so that when you click that link, it said we're going to take you to our you know, quote partner, yes. simply business, um, and, you know, proceed. And then there's a button that they click or something that would just sort of soften the blow. I think you're right. And that's, and it's fine for me to, I'm taking on everybody's feedback and I'm grateful that people are giving me suggestions, but it was a bit of a blow. I was like, oh no, what if this does put people off to the extent that they don't, they won't support me. They don't want to work with me. But what I want to do, Andy, with this business is I want to have this small corner in the insurance industry where people aren't dealing with some old, balding guy in a suit. They're dealing with a real person, me. They can reach me on Twitter. I will reply quickly. I, I give a shit about them. I want to really build this with customer satisfaction over profit. That's what I want. And I just hope that people realize that I'm on their side and I'll try and get them the best deal and I'll try and explain what they need. I'll never sell them something they don't need, but that I, I'm there for them to talk to. Um, they're not going to tweet me and wait 48 hours for an automated reply saying phone or call center on blah, blah, blah. No, I want to do this a really personal way. 
I really like that idea. When I started doing the international traveling with an event apart, mm -hmm. they had, and she's not there now, they don't use her anymore, but they had a really lovely travel arranger. Uh, Kathy, her name was. You've told me about Kathy before. Yes, in fact, I think when you were going to New York, I think yes. I told you to speak to Kathy. Kathy, so that, yeah, I want to be Kathy. And even when I started to uh, go other places and I wasn't traveling for an event apart, you know, when we would go to Australia, something like that, I would just call Kathy and I, I much preferred to know that somebody personally was taking care of what I needed than, you know, dealing with, I don't know, a travel agent or Expedia or something like that. And it, sometimes it worked out the same. Sometimes it worked out more expensive. I didn't really care about the money. I just needed to know that everything was going to get taken care of. Well, that's what I want to be. I want to be Kathy, but in the insurance industry. What type of insurance are you going to be providing then? Is it like contents or PI yes. or what? So basically right now, the whole agile thing, we just got this basic website up and running so this whole section still has to come but i'll be doing everything i'll be doing professional indemnity public liability your contents your buildings if you if you're in a, a building the studio or whatever um employers liability i don't think there's much that we can't do and because we're working so closely with the insurers hopefully as time goes on we can actually better tailor an entire policy for the type of people that i'm trying to attract which, like I said, is web professionals. So what I'm trying to say is I think things, well, I know things will get much better as time goes on, but I really need the initial, but I need people to believe in me right now. I think, well, people, I think, I'm sure people believe you. And I think actually you've chosen a really good place to start because, you know, geeks like to support people, you know, it's like when you, you know, it didn't feel like that from the tweets I've received today. <laughs> oh, well, I wouldn't take anything too much to heart. I mean, I'm, I think that, you know, whenever there's a new Kickstarter thing that happens or um, what was the thing yesterday, this sort of web documentary mm -hmm. um, that I saw that the guys at Bearded are putting together or whether it would be, you know, funding the Great Discontent magazine or whatever, I'm sure that people in this industry like to get behind other people that are doing something interesting and different. And, you know, we all need insurance and, you know, I'd rather buy it from you than buy it from, you know, some faceless corporation. Of course. Well, I hope that whenever your renewal comes around, come and talk to me. I'll tell you what you need and I'll sort you out, Andy. Well, I won't be doing it because Sue looks after all that sort of stuff. Well, just replace Andy's name with Sue there and that's fine. What about travel insurance to Iraq? That was the last thing that she had to try and figure out. Oh man, I think that that's a bit out of my depth you as think well. That's beyond, yeah, beyond it. Yeah, I saw you had a lot of trouble with that, and it did make me think. Like, what what could I do about that? But no, I don't think that. I I think that that would actually be have to be referred to the underwriter. Would have to speak directly to them. I can yeah. do that for you if you want, but you've it's got it sorted already. Yeah, no, it's already sorted, and uh, and it was all to do with you know where else am I traveling this year, and you know I don't know. They, build up some kind of profile i have no I idea no insurance is crazy isn't it but i think let's you know, go back to what i said a minute ago i think people will be behind you on this i'm sure they will be and i'm sure that people yeah because we all need insurance i mean I, one of the things that we had to ask our freelancers recently was um do they have uh pi professional mm -hmm. indemnity because so many was, of them said no i bet 
about 40% of them said no. Yeah. Right. And we don't deal with a lot of people. It's not like we have like 20 people that we deal with. Yeah. Um, but you know, most did and a few didn't. Mm-hmm. And we were only asking that because we'd been asked that by our insurance company. You know, yeah. Do your, do your subcontractors have PI? And you know, we had to ask, um, because if they did, then that was fine. Otherwise we would have to cover them on hours. And it turns out that actually it was a bit of a non-issue because, you know, we don't ever do anything which is going to, you know, it's not life and death. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anything that a freelancer did do, you know, mm-hmm. wasn't going to be, wasn't going to be terribly important. And also it always comes through us anyway. It's not like they're dealing with a client directly. Yeah. So, you know, the responsibility is mine for checking stuff. But, but that was an interesting one. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting to hear. I 40%. think everybody, I think everybody should have PI and everybody should buy their PI through you. I think so too. But I I know now that, I, that there's a lot of work ahead that my job isn't to just sell insurance. My job is to kind of educate people on a one-to-one basis, like not just here's a package. I want to talk to people and tell them what what they really need and educate them as to why they need it. So anyway, people, I'm just going to pitch my website now. People can check out my website at insurancebyjack.co.uk or on Twitter at insurancebyjack. Was that good, Andy? You sound like a professional. I know, right? Well, you and Laura are going to be professionals when I go off on holiday. Yeah, we were talking about this a lot yesterday. Just so that the listeners know, when I'm off on holiday in August, you and Laura are going to take over the show. And you can trust us. I'm sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm going to have to give you the keys, give you the keys to the server. No, it's be fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. Where so are you bought, going again? I'm going to the south of France again. Oh, man. But you've, you've already been talking about what you're going to do. What are you talking about? You and Laura. Oh, me. Well, yeah, we've just had a few, a few, um, exchanges it's a surprise <laughs> it's going to be a surprise now listen so are you going to run this alongside brokers direct that's what somebody in the audience asked me and um i'm not 100 percent sure what i'm going to do because going forward i want to really dedicate myself to um jack insurance by jack and um i've had the, i've had an offer on brokers direct so there is a buyer interested, but either way, I haven't decided what I'm going to do, but it will exist in one form or another. I'm just not sure what what I want to do with it yet. And what happened with your Lodger app? Well, that's an interesting one. So Lodger is still going and I rebuilt it and and I get people using it and I get emails from happy landlords and stuff. Um, so I I want to still focus part of my time on that and actually build it into something good and, and hopefully monetize it. I think that there is potential there. The one thing that landlords always say to me is we've been looking for an app that actually simplifies everything and looks good. So there's a small market there, but gosh, whether I can monetize it or not, business is hard, Andy. Yeah, no, business is really hard. Yeah. That's why I think we should all support we should all support one another. No? No, we should. Yeah. We should. No, sorry, I got distracted. I was flicking around your website thinking about what I should do with it. It's a a lovely job. It's a really, really lovely job. Well, yeah, I'm happy with it. I'm really happy with it. Um, But like I said, a lot of work ahead of me, but I'm prepared for the challenge. Good. 
I think it's going to be great, and everybody should go to Insurance by Jack and get insurance. Thanks for pimping me. Well, what else am I going to do? Don't know. Not a lot. <laughs> we better wrap it up. That's a good point to wrap up. It's a very good point to wrap it up. I'm going to go and check the oil in the car. I've got to go and figure out how to do that. Well, just don't get bogging. Do you know how to change the oil or check the oil in your Mini? Of course I do. How often do you do it? Not very often. I can't remember the last time I checked the oil in the Honda, but I need to go and do it before we drive. Henry, please. Henry His name Honda. is Henry. So I need to go and do that, and then I'm going to go and give him a bit of a clean out. And Because he's bogging. He is a wee bit bogging on the inside. Yeah, so yeah. I need to go and make him nice and pleasant to spend a, you know, a good few hours in as we drive over to Ireland. Makes all the difference. Well, have a safe trip. Thank you, Della. So people can follow you, Ashley, on Twitter. You are... I am Ashley. Yes, you are. Or you can follow me at Malarkey to ask questions or suggest topics. You can message the show on Twitter at unfinishedbz, or you can email me. He has at unfinished.bz. Thanks again to our sponsors this week. They were Ghost Lab and the Logical Elements PHP for Designers course. You can support our show by supporting them. Mm-hmm.